Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night's Raw post show for December 13th, 2021. I am your host, JD, from New York. And this is the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Raw was so terrible, people are still raving about Hook on AEW Rampage Friday night. I don't know, man. I'm looking at the chat. I am looking at the chat, and everybody feels the same way I do. There is no reason for me to rant and rave and yell. I've had a very long weekend. I did House of Glory on Saturday. I did Off the Script Live on Sunday. I reorganized my entire office on Monday, and now here I am. You know, the people that run WWE, they're clearly in the wrong business. They are. I am sick and tired of being called a hater. I'm sick and tired of being called somebody that watches the show and hate watches the show. And all I do is spread negativity and I don't find the positive in anything. I mean, I don't know what you guys are watching, but maybe you should watch me on Monday. uh, Not Monday, on uh, Wednesday. On Monday, there's nothing positive. But maybe you guys should watch me on Wednesday. It's really nothing negative to say on Wednesday. I mean... It's clearly the better show, right? And that's the whole basis of my argument. If we got a good show, then we wouldn't have to pick out and criticize the negative, right? WWE, they already had a day one main event on Raw of Big E versus Seth Rollins. We got Big E versus Seth Rollins. That was going to be the big babyface versus heel feud on Monday Night Raw, which I have no problem with. Seth Rollins is doing some of the best solo work as far as he is concerned of his career. I think Seth Rollins is killing it. 
I don't really necessarily find anything interesting in what he's doing here with Big E. I don't really understand what the story is. I don't know what the background of the story is. What's the story? I don't know. I don't know. It's just a baby face in the heel because WWE is not really good at telling stories. Then we get Kevin Owens added. Then we get Kevin Owens added to the WWE title match at day one. It now becomes a triple threat match for the WWE title. Kevin Owens is merely added. He is only added because WWE is looking to keep KO happy. Because they know KO has a contract coming up at the end of January. And they're doing their best to sell him on the fact of, oh yeah, things would be different. Things would be different. We value you here in WWE. You're going to be a major player on Monday Night Raw, right? Meanwhile, he's not. Meanwhile, he hasn't been showcased as a major player. And all because you're wrestling for the WWE Championship, that doesn't mean WWE is going to keep you in the WWE title hunt for the duration of that five-year extension that they want you to sign. So Kevin Owens is only there... Because WWE is looking to keep him happy and keep him under contract so that he doesn't go and join AEW. I know I'm correct on that. Then we come to tonight. Then we come to tonight. Bobby Lashley attacked Kevin Owens, Big E, and Seth Rollins last week. Oh, my God. The Almighty is back, right? Then we get Bobby Lashley opening the show tonight. And he's addressing the WWE fans as if anybody fucking cares about Bobby Lashley, right? Yes, oh my God, I'm waiting with bated breath to listen to Bobby Lashley speak about what he did last week and his dastardly attack on all three men in the triple threat match. Oh my goodness, man, this is such captivating fucking television. Bobby Lashley's out there. He wants to be included. He wants to make it a fatal four-way now. So WWE... Instead of just adding Bobby Lashley to the WWE Championship match, which wouldn't have made sense because he didn't really do anything to earn it. But if you look at it, it's probably the best situation because if WWE tries and runs with the story, they'll butcher everything and bury everybody, which is exactly what they did tonight. I would have just added him. I would have just added him to the match. WWE comes up with this genius plan, which I'm sure Bruce Pritchard came up with because we all know that creative goes through Bruce and then goes through Vince and then it's approved. WWE comes up with this unbelievable idea of Bobby Lashley running a makeshift gauntlet match where he's got to beat Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Big E in the same night to be included and get added to the WWE title match at day one. WWE started Monday Night Raw off with Bobby Lashley, a heel, Seth Rollins, a heel, and Kevin Owens, a heel. I don't know how this made it past quality control up until this point. WWE started the show off with three heels, I'm sorry for everybody out there in social media land, all these degenerates out there. I'm sorry, Bruce. I'm sorry, Vince. I'm sorry, Baron Corbin, because I'm the dumbest guy on the face of the planet, right? 
please correct me if I'm wrong in any way. How are you supposed to expect fans to legitimately give a shit about what's going on at the beginning of the show when Bobby Lashley is a heel, Seth Rollins is a heel, and Kevin Owens is a heel? Who exactly am I supposed to cheer for and why? I leave the forum open to you guys. Here's the answer. You're not supposed to care because nobody gives a shit about Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins. There's no reason to cheer any one of these guys. WWE started the show off tonight with three heels, then out waltzes Big E, the only babyface in this program. So then we're going to add Bobby Lashley to the match and then come up with this grand plan for him to run through all three guys who are already in the match to get added to this match and make it a fatal four-way. So WWE has Bobby Lashley maul Kevin Owens. He barely got any offense in on Bobby Lashley tonight. They tried to make it look competitive, but it really wasn't. So Bobby Lashley goes through Kevin Owens. Seth Rollins wins by disqualification, which... They then turned into a no-DQ match, which then led Bobby Lashley winning because he low-blowed or, I think, pinned Seth Rollins off of a distraction roll-up because of Kevin Owens. So Bobby Lashley beats Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens so far with Big E, the only guy he has left to beat. Then we get to the main event of Monday Night Raw, and Bobby Lashley beats Big E with distractions from everybody else that's in this match, Rollins and Owens, and Big E was made to look like a fucking idiot tonight because they tried to sell you on Big E has heart and he wants to do this the right way. You know, sometimes the right way will end up making you look like a fucking idiot and the wrong way, the heel way, the smart way, would actually make you look right. They had Big E, the WWE champion, take a pinfall loss to Bobby Lashley. So Bobby Lashley beats Big E, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens in the same show. All three of these guys are in the day one main event for the WWE title, and that's WWE's grand way to get Bobby Lashley into the WWE title match on January 1st. You mean to tell me that there was no other way to get Bobby Lashley into this main event? We had to beat Seth Rollins. We had to beat Kevin Owens. We had to beat the WWE champion in a non-title match in the main events of a fucking Monday Night Raw in the darkest depths of Minneapolis tonight. I don't know what that says about Big E and his WWE championship brain. But at this point, I would not give a single shit if Big E wins or loses that WWE title on January 1. In fact, I actually hope he loses the title. Because WWE has absolutely no vision and no plan for Big E at all as WWE champion. You guys can shill me the color of his skin. You can shill me all this shit. That you want. It has nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you. Big E is a failure of a champion. And so does WWE think the same thing. 
Biggie is not the type of superstar everybody makes him out to be. He's not. Here's a fucking clue, folks. Nobody is. The only one that's a superstar in this company is Roman Reigns, and he's being booked like one. The only superstar in this company is Brock Lesnar. That goes, and it's without saying, it's Brock Lesnar. Those are the only two guys in this entire company on that male side of the roster that are legit superstars. Everybody else is a fucking afterthought, and Big E is not the type of guy you all make him out to be. The rating has been absolutely some of the worst in the history of the show with him as champion. You don't think WWE is looking to take the title off of Big E at day one? You know what I look at when I see Bobby Lashley? I see somebody that should have never lost the championship. You know, the guy that was beaten by Big E in the worst way possible at the wrong time. They took the title of Bobby Lashley all those months ago, way too early before it really should have been done. And you all like fucking sheep, like fucking sheep jumped up and down and claimed that I was hating. Now look at where your WWE champion is fucking buried on Monday Night Raw. After last week's fucking debacle where he opened the show and the WWE title was made to look like an afterthought. The following week, WWE puts him in the main event and has him lose to get Bobby Lashley involved in the main event. It's Bobby fucking Lashley. You couldn't have just come up with a different way to get him in there. Just put him in there. Is it worth beating your WWE champion? Why couldn't you have him beat Seth Rollins and only Seth Rollins, being that Seth Rollins is the real number one contender? Was that too difficult of a decision to make? Or am I out there losing my fucking mind? No, but you fucking sheep want to continue to gloat that Monday Night Raw. There's nothing wrong with it. What a fucking disaster. An absolute disaster. Seth Rollins, number one contender. Now we're ending up with a fatal four-way. I don't give a fuck about any of these guys in this match. I don't even know what the fucking story is. I don't. Nor do I care. It's a waste of everybody's time. Bobby Lashley now looks unstoppable. You booked him to beat all three of your top guys on this show. You want me to think that Bobby Lashley now isn't winning that WWE title? In fact, if he doesn't win, WWE will then make another fucking mistake. As far as I'm concerned, Bobby Lashley should be the WWE champion after tonight's performance. What are you going to have Big E do? Go to day one and pin Kevin Owens and beat everybody? And show everybody how this Monday Night Raw was a fucking waste of time. That's exactly what they're going to do. Because it's typical WWE. Bury everybody in the match and have Big E make everything that happened tonight absolutely fucking useless. You know I'm right. I've been right every single fucking instant. On this mat, on this uh, this show, every single month, every single week I've come on here, every single thing I've discussed this year as far as a major story or a major storyline on these shows, I have been correct. And you will never see anybody clip, oh, J.D. was right on that one. No, they only want to clip the 22nd out of context clips. 
which always end up me being right anyway. So good luck with that. Where are my fucking apologies? On top of that, WWE, not only had the WWE champion lose tonight, they had Damian Priest, the United States champion, lose tonight. They had Matt Riddle, one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, lose tonight. The only one that didn't lose tonight was one half of the women's tag team champions, and that is Zelina Vega. It's the only person with a championship that wrestled on tonight's show that did not lose. But she ended up burying Rhea Ripley further than I could have ever imagined. WWE absolutely butchered the top contenders on their show and they don't think that it will come back and bite them in the ass. Now you set yourself up for a fucking position at day one where if Bobby Lashley doesn't win the WWE Championship, you guys are going to make everybody look like a bunch of fucking idiots, including the writing team. Including the writing team. I hope you realize that Big E cannot win that match at day one now. You do realize that, right? I want to see you do the wrong thing, and then I'll be sitting here right here with this fucking green screen behind me calling you idiots out all over again, claiming to start the new year as usual per sources, per my personal fucking sources. I was right again. Other than that, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, official for day one. It's pretty much setting up Liv Morgan to win the WWE Raw Women's Championship. It's probably going to end up the same exact way that I had envisioned it and talked about last week. Liv Morgan beating Becky Lynch at day one, only to lose it at the Royal Rumble. Because Liv Morgan is going to cheat to win. She's going to cheat to win. You think Liv Morgan's going to beat Becky Lynch clean? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, right, man. You must not know who runs this fucking show, man. Give me a break. Come on now. Becky Lynch is not losing clean to Liv Morgan. That match is official. Tag team championship situation has to wait a couple of weeks. Apparently, there are several members of the Raw tag team division injured. Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus the Street Profits did not happen because of injuries to both teams. So the RK Bronement was not on tonight's show. So we will go over everything else that happened on tonight's show, but that was the big thing. Bobby Lashley decimating the top of the card for WWE Day 1 and his inclusion in that WWE title match. And WWE doesn't realize the damage that they have done. But that's why I'm here. That's why I am here. Thank you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, man. I'd really, really appreciate you guys very, very much. You guys are awesome. What a week, man. What a weekend. We had a great weekend. House of Glory rocking and rolling on Saturday night with For the Glory. It was me and Solomon around commentary, man. We kicked ass, as always. I listen back to the show, man. Very happy with my work. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the commentary by me, Solid Monster, and our boy, Dr. Hillary P. Wisdom, who's coming along quite nicely as 
the third commentator on our team. If you guys want to go watch the replay, Fight TV, you guys can actually go check that out. Also, make sure you guys check out Off the Scripts, episode 400. That is live on Sunday night. And we were here for almost three hours, man. So go check that out. Lots of stuff over there, including the big story we got. Sources saying that Jeff Hardy was clean and sober before he went out and performed in Edinburgh, Texas. And the funny thing is, everybody clipped my out-of-context clip for 20 seconds with the full context in the entire video, claimed that it was news and claimed that I said that Jeff Hardy faked being inebriated to get out of his WWE contract, which I never said. Several sources ran with that as news, and now those sources look like a bunch of fucking idiots. But I don't anticipate an apology for that. But I'm glad I could make your evenings, and I'm glad that you can get some clout off of my name and my show and my hard work to shill your fucking dead channels and dead social media. Because every time I'm mentioned, the likes, the views, the clicks... They're about a hundred times more than what you usually get on your own shit. Why? Because I'm the best at what I do. Make sure you guys go check out OTS 400, man. Excellent, excellent show. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That is Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for, noti- for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out Bonfire. Get your off-the-script t-shirts, man. We got some great-looking t-shirts. We got the new OTS NWO, white and black, and the LTB, long-term booking in the Wolfpack. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off The Script, so go get your t-shirts today. Link is down below in the description. Or if you guys want to look underneath the video player, you guys can check that out. Easy access for you. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout for your free F-R-E-E sample. I'll be live Tuesday night with NXT, and then Wednesday's the big one. Jesse and I will be here live in the venue for (laughs) Wyndham. Oh, uh, winter is coming. Winter is coming. It's going to be a big show, man. So join us for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Monday Night Raw opened up with Bobby Lashley and MVP. Lashley began saying last week he showed everyone what happens when you disrespect the almighty. You know, Bruce, I hope you realize that you now know what happens when you disrespect the fans because Monday Night Raw is getting some of the worst ratings in the history of the show. When you put on shows like you did tonight, people stop watching. People don't watch. People don't tune in. I hope you know that. I don't think you do. He said, you say his name once and he will show up and then bad things happen. MVP said guys like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins come out here whining, complaining, and backstabbing. To get into a WWE title match, he said Lashley never whines and complains, but rather he makes statements. I'm I'm sorry, where where did Rollins 
Where did Rollins complain, whine, moan, and backstab to get a WWE title match? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he win a five-way ladder match? Was it a four-way or five-way ladder match to become the number one contender for the WWE title? So where exactly did Seth Rollins whine and complain about getting a WWE title opportunity? I don't know who wrote this. Who writes this shit? Do you not remember what happened on your show legitimately six weeks ago? Why do I remember, but you don't? I can't even stand watching this shit, let alone fucking write it. What an awful fucking line. So Lashley never whines and complains. He makes statements. He says, it's imperative that Lashley be added to the day one pay-per-view because there is no better way to start the new year off than with Lashley as your almighty WWE champion. There's no better way to start your, your pro wrestling viewing than watching TBS Dynamite, the debut episode on TBS. Fuck WWE, fuck Monday Night Raw, and fuck everybody associated with this program. Nobody gives a shit about Bobby Lashley winning the WWE title. Kevin Owens comes out. Kevin Owens says he isn't disrespectful to them. And in fact, he hasn't paid any attention to anything they've said for two years. He said now they're trying to weasel their way into his title match at day one. He said Seth earned his way into the title match at day one, just like he earned his way in as well. You have not earned anything to get this title match. He said he is doing this for the fans so they can have a good example leading as WWE champion. So now he wants to be a babyface. I thought he was a heel. He wants the fans to have a good example as WWE champion. I, I don't know what role he's playing. Is he a heel? Is he a babyface? What is he? Why is he saying stuff like that unless he's being a sarcastic prick? He said it's hard enough to win a triple threat match against two top tier guys. So he doesn't want Lashley in there. He said he would go to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. Seth Rollins then comes out. Seth walked out in a purple and black suit. Purple head to toe in front, back to toe in black. So it was purple and then black on the suit, front and back. It's almost like very Two-Face-like. He had a black shirt on. Seth said to Lashley, he admires the suit game he's got going on there. Lashley came out in this bright red suit from top to bottom. So he has to take Owen's side on this one, even though he despises him. As Seth and KO argued in this segment over whose title match it is at day one, Lashley told them to come to the ring and stop him from entering their match. KO and Seth looked at each other, and then KO then told Seth, he can't take us both. Seth agreed. KO told Seth to go first, and he'll be right behind him. Seth says he's in a suit. KO said Seth is faster than him. MVP then chimed in and told Seth that if Bobby hits him, KO will run. KO and Seth said they didn't hear what MVP said. Then out comes Big E. So we had Lashley, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens to start this show. All three are heels. And absolutely no reason to cheer any one of them right now. I said this the last two weeks when it pertains to the challengers and champion here in this match before Bobby Lashley was even a thought about being added to the match. I don't really have any liking 
to any one of these guys, Rollins, Owens, or Big E, uh, day one. I'm supposed to cheer Big E, but I'm not cheering Big E because Big E hasn't done anything as far as I'm concerned for me to cheer him. Kevin Owens hasn't done anything for me to cheer him. I'm just waiting for his contract to end so that he can go back to being Kevin Steen, join the fucking elite, and be on being the elite and show up on Dynamite sometime after Revolution. And Bobby Lashley, again, he was not even a thought in my head. Seth Rollins was the guy that I wanted to win this match, not because of how great the story is, not because I want him to win the WWE Championship. I was going with Seth Rollins just off the simple aspect of nobody's doing better work right now on Monday night than Seth Rollins. I was going to go with Seth Rollins as a way to reward him for the great job that he's doing. That's not enough to give somebody the WWE Championship in this situation. That's lame. But that's what we're stuck with. WWE hasn't given us much of a story. What's the story? What is the story here? There legitimately is no story. So why are we watching on a week-to-week basis cheering the babyface? There's nothing there. Kevin Owens is a guy we all wanted to see successful, but we all want to see him out. Seth Rollins is doing great work. I would rather see him as the champion because he's probably the best of the three. Now you add Bobby Lashley in, and I just don't give a shit. Bobby Lashley has been dominance all year on Monday Night Raw. Bobby Lashley, as far as I'm concerned, should still be the WWE champion. They should have never taken the WWE championship off of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley should have went into WrestleMania as the WWE champion, and then that would have been the place for Big E to cash in the briefcase and become the WWE champion. That would have given them from money in the bank all the way up until WrestleMania to build Big E up as a legitimate champion. But they didn't do that. They wanted a moment on opening night for Monday Night Football, thinking that it was going to sway the results As far as the ratings are concerned, they wanted a big pop coming out of AEW's All Out after that show. WWE botched Big E and him winning the WWE Championship, and that is proving me to be right from the moment I said it. He's done nothing with the title. His fucking reign has been terrible. He hasn't looked like a dominant champion. He's opening shows as the champion, losing tonight to Bobby Lashley, absolutely being destroyed by Roman Reigns. It wasn't even a fucking contest at Survivor Series. You would think him in that match with Reigns, it would be neck and neck, two of the top champions on the fucking brand. No. There was one guy. That was dominant over the other. And it was Reigns over Big E. If that match proved anything, is that Big E is nowhere on the same planet as Roman Reigns. What exactly has Big E done with the WWE Championship? Trying to figure that out. If you guys want to say Drew McIntyre or wrestling Drew McIntyre, negative. A decent little match, but it was built out of nothing. It was built out of necessity because they needed something on that crown jewel show. He's done nothing with the title. So why is he champion? You just look at the way WWE's booking Big E as champion, and you question yourself, why 
is he the WWE champion? If the WWE champion is not safe from being pinned, then who exactly is safe on the show? They did the same thing to Bobby Lashley towards the tail end of his run. Bobby Lashley losing to Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Give me a break. The fuck is wrong with you people? Does the WWE Championship not mean anything to you anymore? This was once looked at as the most prestigious title, not only in WWE, but in all of pro wrestling. And in two years, the AEW title has generated more prestige than all of the years the WWE Championship has under its wing. Are you okay with that? Because I know if I'm Vince McMahon, that shit would bother me. Your title is fucking worthless. And so is your champion. Big E is not the guy you guys think he is. He's not the superstar you think he is. He's not the champion you thought he was going to be. So why the fuck is he even there? Why is he champion? Bobby Lashley doesn't win that match at day one. You made everything that happened tonight absolutely fucking worthless. You buried everybody for no reason. No reason. Then Biggie's going to win the match at day one and retain the title to feud with Seth Rollins going into the Saudi show and going into March and WrestleMania, right? How does that make Bobby Lashley look? Makes him look like a chump, right? Give me a fucking break. Bobby Lashley should be the WWE champion. I don't want to see him as WWE champion, but now you've booked yourselves into a fucking corner. There's no way out of this one. When I look at Bobby Lashley, I look at WWE superstar. It's not a guy that has huge name value. He's not going to make a difference on the show. But the ratings in WWE's eyes are failing with Big E as champion. You don't think they're looking for a way out? This Big E experiment hasn't failed to WWE? Of course it has. I knew it was going to fail from day one, the way you handle it. The way he won it was a fucking failure. Now they're looking to put the title back on the only legit other guy in this company that looks like Bobby Lashley, and that's the way it's got to be. Bobby Lashley looks like a WWE guy. When you look at Bobby Lashley, you look at a guy that looks like a fucking champion. When I look at Big E, I see unicorns and cereal and pancakes and gyrating and failing ratings. Why do you think they took the title of Drew McIntyre? He wasn't cutting it either. It's Bobby Lashley or bust at day one. WWE completely shit the bed with this opening segment. Three heels to open the show. I don't give a single shit about any one of them. Who am I supposed to cheer? Out comes Biggie to a lukewarm reaction in Minneapolis. Don't give a shit about him being the WWE champion. And I look at the way you've treated the WWE champion over the past couple of weeks, and I ask myself, why would I cheer somebody that the company clearly thinks is a fucking loser? If Biggie was built up like a champion, then maybe I would be singing a different tune. But I'm not. I'm singing the tune of, I don't care. Biggie comes out. He says, well, if this isn't my favorite collection of idiots. No, those are the guys in the back writing this show. Those are my favorite collection of idiots. He said, while they might be quaking in their boots at being in the ring with Lashley, he wanted to remind them he beat Lashley to become WWE champion. 
Lashley said he was injured, quote-unquote injured. Biggie said, hush. He said he also beat him inside of a cage and has no problem doing it one more time. Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville walked out and said, nobody's going to put a hand on anyone or they will be handing out fines and suspensions. Deville said Lashley is officially added to the title match at day one. MVP interrupted. Pierce said, well, 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 don't get excited yet. Let me finish. He said Lashley has to defeat in no particular order. Big E, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins. He said if he has to defeat all three, or he has to defeat all three in a one-on-one match tonight, and then he will get added to the WWE title match at day one. This was absolutely asinine, illogical, and fucking lazy as far as creativity is concerned. Clearly, WWE had no plan. I would not be surprised if I read the dirt sheets tomorrow and there are sources claiming that WWE changed the fucking script or had a late rewrite or something like that because this fucking stinks of Vince McMahon rewrite and nobody was thinking along the way of what the repercussions would be based on the decision they put on in the opening segment. Absolute shit open. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Just add Lashley to the match. You don't got to beat Rollins, you don't got to beat Big E, and you don't got to beat Kevin Owens. Add him to the fucking match. It doesn't make sense if you just add him, but it's better than what the fuck they did tonight. Or have him beat one or the other. Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins. Why does he got to beat all three? Don't understand it. Clip ad from earlier in the day where Randy Orton asked Riddle why he still has the tan blazer hanging in the locker room. Riddle says he's got a lot of new ideas from watching a lot of tape. Orton said he hopes he's been watching tapes of their potential opponents at day one rather than just watching tapes while wearing the blazer. Riddle admitted he changes what he watches a lot and has a short attention span. Orton said those titles need to be at the top of Riddle's list of priorities. You know, just like how getting your champions over and writing a good show, Bruce, should be on the list of your top priorities. I'm not sure you understand that. But Randy Orton seems to understand that championships matter and that they need to win matches as champions, right? How come you don't understand that? Orton says those titles need to be a top priority. Riddle said they should become podcasters next. Now, we don't need new podcasters or more wrestling podcasters. We don't. Everybody's got a fucking wrestling podcast nowadays. Let the fucking pros handle that niche audience, okay? We don't need Randy Orton and Matt Riddle podcasting, even though I think Matt Riddle podcast would be fucking hilarious. He brought up Pat McAfee's latest deal and said they should be swimming in cash. If you guys don't know, Pat McAfee signed a $30 million brand deal with FanDuel.com. Good on him. Owen said there will be no podcasting and he told him to stop hanging out with jackasses. Legitimately, they hung out with the crew of Jackass, the movie, last week on Raw. Riddle says Orton, well, he knows Orton was impressed with the cast of Jackass. Orton said Riddle is a jackass, so he should have been in the movie, but this is reality. He says he has to face Otis tonight, so focus 100% on him. 
And then one day in the distant future, Randy Orton said he will allow Riddle to put back on the blazer. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. The RKO Matt Riddle thing is losing a lot of steam. I don't really care for it as much as I did. It's still it's probably the most overact on the brand because Matt Riddle's owning what he's doing, man. He's just great at what he does. And Randy Orton, you know, a lot of people don't realize how big of a star Randy Orton really is. All because he's taking a back seat role in the tag team division like AJ Styles did doesn't mean he's not a legit superstar. Randy Orton, you know, I think a lot of people forget how big Randy Orton is as a guy in WWE. And all because he's doing the tag team title thing with Matt Riddle, that doesn't take away from his star power. He's still every bit as popular and every bit as big as you remember him being. WWE just doesn't utilize that. They're hopefully using this to get Matt Riddle over to the next level. I hope they realize that with AJ Styles before it's too late. AJ Styles should be in contention for the WWE Championship. And hopefully that happens next year. This team with Omos, it needs to die. It's got to go away. But I hope that this Randy Orton and Matt Riddle thing is drawing to to a close. It's coming to an end. This is your WrestleMania match. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle is your WrestleMania one-on-one match. They lose the titles to the Street Profits or they lose the titles to Otis and Gable. I would put it on Otis and Gable. I would. Just put it on an unknown tag team. Put it on those guys. Let them run with it for a couple months. And have, have Orton turn on Matt Riddle. And then that's your match at WrestleMania. Sonya and Anna Pierce tried to talk some sense into Seth Rollins and calm him down. Kevin Owens was there, Big E as well. They said the odds are against Lashley. Pierce says since he entered the match last to Kevin Owens, he should wrestle Lashley first. Kevin Owens didn't like that, but then talks himself into being okay with it. He said he'll beat Lashley, and that's no lie. Seth then hung his head down and realized that this is not going to go well with Kevin Owens starting it off. Well, I better go get changed, says Seth, because he knows Kevin Owens is going to lose. Big E said, one way or another, I will walk out of day one still your WWE champion. Yeah, good luck with that. With what WWE did tonight, Bobby Lashley needs to be the WWE champion. No question. Matt Riddle with Randy Orton versus Otis. Yeah, Chad Gable in his corner. We got a decent little match between these two. Otis was beating him down. Riddle started to make a babyface comeback. And it ended up with Otis beating Matt Riddle Tonight, on Monday Night Raw, Otis slammed Riddle into the barricade, which led to a commercial break. Orton actually was there at ringside. He got out of his chair to rally the crowd and rally behind Riddle. Riddle avoided a charge, fought back with some strikes, some kicks. But Otis blocked an RKO attempt, or RK Bro attempt, and hit the world's strongest slam. For a very clean pinfall victory over Matt Riddle. After the match, Orton tried to give Otis an RKO from behind, but Otis pushed him into Gable, who ate the RKO instead. And then Otis 
completely leveled Randy Orton with a back elbow before standing tall in the ring after the match. I don't know what that means, but that may put the Alpha Academy in contention for a Raw Tag Team Championship match because they beat one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions. That spells championship match if you go by WWE's logic. Can't take Otis and Gable seriously either. They've been booked like fucking losers. And I don't know why, I don't know why Matt Riddle is losing on television as the Raw Tag Team. Why are, why are champions losing on television? That's what I want to know. Why are your champions in matches and losing non-title matches? This match should have never been booked. You know what would have saved this? If you actually had a fucking tag team division to put in the ring against the Alpha Academy. That's what would have saved this. The tag team champions don't need to wrestle every fucking week, whether it's a tag team match or a singles match with Riddle, with Riddle or Orton. If you had an actual tag team division with, I don't know, fucking tag teams, you wouldn't have to rely on Matt Riddle and Randy Orton wrestling every fucking week, and then you get a little funny with the creative, and Matt Riddle or Randy Orton loses in a non-title one-on-one match. Champions should not be losing. But what the fuck do I know? What do I know? Bianca Belair. Soundbite aired with Belair talking about Doe Drop. Attacking her for weeks behind her back. She said she better watch her back because she won't let her walk away from the fact that she can't whoop her because she's the EST of WWE. Bianca Belair sounds very, very scripted. It's nice to see Bianca Belair being very genuine on these shows, right? I wish. Bianca Belair sounds like another WWE e-drone with these promos. Very, very scripted. Doesn't sound genuine or real or authentic at all. Same goes for everybody. Said the same thing about Liv Morgan a couple weeks back. Her promo where she mentioned Becky Lynch's contract is the reason why Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan were fired. It sounded disingenuous. It didn't sound real. They all sound the same. Every single one of them. Doe drop versus Bianca Belair. We got another doe drop in Bianca Belair match, man. Oh, my goodness. I don't know who asked for this, but we got it. How exciting. Doe drop placed Belair upside down over the top rope early on in this match, wrenching her legs, kicking her in the forehead. Doe drop then followed with some elbow drops, which sent Belair to the outside. Belair was being beaten down. She obviously started to make a babyface comeback. Doe drop cut her off with a Michinoku driver, went for a cover, only got a two count. Then she hit a back suplex, went for another cover, got a two count. Doe drop went up for a Vader bomb, but Belair countered into a power bomb attempt. She smashed Doe drop's head on the turnbuckle. Doe drop stood up there on the second rope, all dazed. Belair came from underneath. Big power bomb. She goes to the top rope, hits a beautiful 450 splash for the one, two, three, and that was it. That was it. Belair pins Doe Drop, and you would think, you would think WWE has Belair gets the win over the heel. Doe Drop, right? 
This should be it. This should be the end of the feud. They should not be wrestling again. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody wants to see it. Belair got her revenge. She taught Doedrop a lesson. She got the win, right? After the match, as Belair celebrated on the stage, Doedrop attacked Belair again from behind, and she mocked Belair by slapping her own ass. Oh, I thought you thought the match was over. Well, the feud was over, rather, right? I thought you were hoping that we weren't getting another match, a third match. But being that everybody else in the women's division is tied up, and that leaves nothing for Bianca Belair to do, now we have to suffer through another match with Doedrop. Meanwhile, the outcome of tonight's match should be the end of the feud. But again, just like I pinpointed in the tag team division with your tag team dilemma, because you have no fucking tag teams in your division, you have no women in your women's division on Monday night. I guess this is all part of the let's wait and see what happens type of deal, right? I'm still waiting on that payoff for Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch that everybody still seems to think is coming. Where is it? Yeah, I'm sure this has everything to do with that, right? Yeah, let's wait and see what happens, right? Sure thing. Sure thing. Nobody wants another match. Move on. Nobody gives a fuck about Doedrop. Change her name back to Piper Niven, please. Please. Or better yet, something cool like Viper. Right? No, but you can't have two Vipers on the show. We already got one Viper. God forbid we got another fucking Viper on the show. How did that work out for Karrion Cross, though, right? How'd that work out for Nikki Cross? Now she's Nikki Trash. And Karrion Cross, he's no longer with the company. They had to change Nikki Cross's name because they had another Cross coming up. They changed her name. Now she's a fucking loser buried in Cross. Fired. How'd that work out? Now I'm just rambling. Angry. But rambling. Kevin Patrick interviewed KO, asked for a word from him going into his match against Lashley. Lashley said it's trash that this opportunity is even being given to Lashley. And it's a trash situation that he's going first. And St. Paul is trash, Minnesota. So clearly he's a heel. So we got Bobby Lashley and Kevin Owens as heels wrestling for Bobby Lashley to gain entry into the WWE title match at day one. Who exactly am I supposed to cheer for? I don't get it. He said he will put an end to this right now and then go on to win the WWE title at day one, and that is no lie. Kevin Owens is leaving WWE at the end of January when his contract expires. And that is no lie. Making sure you guys are aware that Kevin Owens, this is the last you will see. Get used to it. Enjoy it while it lasts. Kevin Steen, kill, Steen, kill. will be back on national television for Tony Khan and AEW. They aired a next-in-line program vignette, which the commentators went over. All these collegiate athletes, all these football players, gymnasts, all these people, models, 
the next in-line program. The next in-line program is Nick Khan's way, Vince McMahon's way, Bruce Pritchard's way of telling Triple H, fuck you, Paul. Fuck you, Levesque. Your ways didn't work around here, but they did. Because everybody, everybody loved the way Triple H was handling business in NXT. You know, so much so that Karrion Cross was fired and WWE buried him on the way out because their creative is fucking abysmal. Scarlett Bordeaux, Karrion Cross's wife, claimed that Triple H took such great care of them that Triple H guided the character and what they needed to do better than anyone did. That they had come up with ideas, and when they brought their ideas to Triple H, Triple H had two or three other ideas that were so much better than what they originally came up with. But everybody says Paul Levesque was a problem, right? Now, Triple H's way didn't work, though, right? Now we need the next in line program. It's not the next in line program. It's the fuck you, Paul Levesque program. It's exactly what it is. Paul Levesque's way worked. And the reason why it's not there anymore is because it did work. And Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon were getting a little envious and jealous. Oh, we got to give this guy all the credit for the future of WWE. Let's wipe his slate clean and get him the fuck out of there. So Triple H had a heart attack because of everything that they fucking undid. And now he's home weeping and crying while his show is absolutely fucking dead. Now we got the next in life program. (laughs) The fuck you Paul Levesque program. AJ Ferrari... Aliyah Hitchens, Carlos Aviles, Dalton Wagner, Glenn Logan, Haley Cavender, and Hannah Cavender. They found their next Bella Twins, guys. Get ready. They signed blonde twins in the next in line program. You think this is a Paul Levesque program? Oh, my goodness, man. Paul Levesque is running the program. He's a fucking puppet. He's fucking taking orders about what needs to be hired by Bruce and Vince and Johnny. People power. People power. They found their new Bella Twins. They were jerking off already. At the sight of, oh, my God, we got our new Bella Twins. Can't wait to see fucking twin magic back on TV. Like it's some original fucking concept. Joe Spivak, John Cron, John Seaton, Lexi Gordon, Masai Russell, Mason Paris, and Riley White. Those are the names that they listed. Everybody on commentary is like, I can't wait to watch these future stars in the ring with WWE. <sighs> yeah, sure thing. Then they show Gable Steveson sitting front row because he's from Minneapolis. And he was there with his Olympic gold medal. And he's a raw superstar. You know, I remember when Triple H did this. But uh, everybody that Triple H brought to the NXT TakeOvers got standing ovations. This was a very lukewarm reaction for Mr. Gable Steveson, man. WWE seems to think they got their next Kurt Angle. But I'm here to tell you that there will only be one Kurt Angle. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. 
Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens loses in five minutes. You don't think he's on his way out of WWE? This guy's probably fucking thinking in the back of his mind. I can't wait to get the fuck out of here, man. I got Christmas and New Year's with my family. I got one more month and a half to go. Lashley avoided a senton and Owens crashed against the mats on the outside. It sounded brutal. Lashley also tackled him into the barricade. Owens quickly recovered, hit a super kick in the ring. Owens drove Lashley shoulder first into the ring post. He hit a cannonball and a senton and only netted him a one count. Owens hit a tornado DDT and barely got a two count. Lashley followed with shoulder tackles, a neck breaker, a dominator. Owens tried valiantly to fight back, but Lashley blocked a stunner, hit a spine buster, and Lashley went for the hurt lock. And Owens tapped out before he even locked in the hold. Everybody's looking at, oh, well, he tapped out immediately to avoid being injured by the hold. But he lost. Kevin Owens is a loser. When you read the line sheet and it says Kevin Owens tapped, it it doesn't matter if it was three seconds or three fucking minutes that Bobby Lashley had the hurt lock on. Kevin Owens is a fucking loser. I'm sorry. Stop trying to sell me on the fact that he tapped out and it was smart. No, it wasn't. Kevin Owens lost. And he should have never been put in this situation to begin with. If he wanted Lashley in the fucking title match, you should have Lashley on television winning fucking matches. That's the way you do it. Not by beating the fucking people that are already in the match trying to contend for the fucking title. But what the fuck do I know? Yes, because this makes Kevin Owens a top contender to win the fucking title on day one, right? So fucking garbage. Rollins was backstage watching this. He was pissed because Owens didn't even try. DeVille let him know that he's up next. Against Bobby Lashley. We got another promo from Veer Mahan. Veer Mahan is coming to Monday Night Raw. When is he coming? I'd love to know. And when he comes to Monday Night, what exactly is Veer Mahan going to do on Monday Night Raw? This guy's going to walk out there. This guy's going to have very generic cultural style music that fits his gimmick. People are going to roll their eyes. And within day one, this guy is dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. I don't know why we need Veer Mahan. What is Veer Mahan going to do on Monday Night Raw? We already have enough fucking heels on this show. This guy's going nowhere and nowhere fast. WWE seems to think that they got their new big fucking Indian star on the show. Veer Mahan. He's been coming for the last three months. Where the fuck is he coming? Becky Lynch. Jesus fucking Christ. This show continues to get worse and worse and worse. Becky Lynch makes her way out to the ring. She said it's a big night for St. Paul. Now that big time Bex is in the building. 
It's a big night for me, too. I made myself an eggnog latte while you were on TV because I can't stand to hear the sound of your fucking voice shilling me a heel gimmick that clearly is not working, Becky. Double shot eggnog latte. Don't at me. It's delicious. Foamy eggnog, two shots of espresso, a couple of fucking spoonfuls of pumpkin spice powder. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Now you know what I did while Becky Lynch was cutting her promo. Becky asked the fans if they remembered how they wanted her to come back. But then suddenly they have a ton of opinions on how she does her job. Oh, yes, 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 Becky. I can do and say whatever the fuck I want as long as I'm within boundaries of your character. You know, Rebecca is probably the sweetest woman to walk the earth. There's such great things about Rebecca Quinn, right? But Becky Lynch, the character, is fucking garbage. I have every right to say that. I think it sucks. So the fans, yeah, they do have an opinion. You want to know why, Becky? You want to know why, Becky, people have an opinion of you? And you say these things like this in their obviously scripted WWE promos. Do do you want to know why nobody is for you or with you now? Because you're forcing a heel gimmick when people legitimately want to see the genuine Becky Lynch. This big time Bex, this fucking makeshift, low budget, Walmart, great value, Conor McGregor shtick you're doing is not working. First of all, you ain't Conor McGregor. You ain't as cool as Conor McGregor. You certainly aren't the superstar Conor McGregor is. You aren't even a superstar in WWE's universe. How much of a superstar can Becky Lynch be if Monday Night Raw is generating a 1.5 rating? Huh? I hope you do know that your match with Liv Morgan last week in the third hour generated a 1.49 rating. So how big is Becky Lynch as a WWE superstar? How big is a superstar Becky Lynch is? How big of a superstar is she that she's must-see? She's not. She's not. There's nobody that's must-see. And I love, I love how all the fucking, the elitists out there, this fucking warfare between AEW and WWE, but CM Punk and Brian Danielson are not draws. I'm sorry. Pro Wrestling Tees has had a record-shattering year in 2021 because of both of those men. Adam Cole, not a draw. Pro Wrestling Tees have had a record-shattering year because of those men. Tony Khan has sold out venues like Arthur Ashe Stadium here in Queens, 21,000 deep, while WWE couldn't even draw 5,000 in Long Island and couldn't sell out Madison Square Garden in the heart of New York City. So please tell me how Brian Danielson and CM Punk aren't draws. They may not be draws in the ratings like you think, but neither is Rebecca Quinn. So if you want to shit in somebody else's yard, make sure that your yard is clear of shit before you start talking your shit. Give me a fucking break. CM Punk and Brian Danielson have meant more to AEW than Becky Lynch means to WWE right now. Becky Lynch... She hasn't moved a single fucking needle in this women's division. In fact, she's made the women's division worse with her being there and with her being the champion. What exactly has she done? 
This Raw Women's title reign is one of the worst of the modern era. She's made nobody look good. She's put nobody over. And if you think Liv Morgan's going to be over by Becky Lynch in this feud, you got another thing coming. Liv Morgan is not being put over. WWE has let Roman Reigns hold the Universal Championship for close to 500 days. He put nobody over in this run of his. Meanwhile, he should have put everybody over that he's been in the ring with. Where did everybody else go once they lost to Roman Reigns? Right back to the mid-card, right back to catering, sulking that they wish they were in the main event scene. That's exactly what's going to happen to Liv Morgan. If WWE put nobody over in their feud with Roman Reigns over 500 fucking days, what makes you think Liv Morgan's going to be the one to break through and be put over as a new, legit, fresh face in the women's division? They took Bianca Belair from the fucking WrestleMania main event where she was over and had momentum after beating Sasha Banks in a tremendous match at WrestleMania all for them to wipe it away in 26 seconds and bury Bianca Belair and she never recovered. Now she's feuding with Doe Drop. How the mighty have fallen. What about Rhea Ripley? Rhea Ripley went from WrestleMania NXT Championship match to winning the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka the following year to teaming with a fucking comic book geek. Smiling, coming out, pretending she's fucking Blink-182 instead of being fucking early 80s Metallica, Slayer, Testament, Exodus. She's coming out playing Pussy Rock. Fairy Rock, emo. Now look at her. If WWE didn't put her over, What makes you think Liv Morgan's going to be one to break through the glass ceiling? (laughs) Oh, man, you guys are hilarious, man. You You guys are fucking funny, man. You guys are fucking funny, man. I tell you. You guys are fucking comedians, man. Maybe you went to the same school Dolph Ziggler went to go fucking take comedy lessons at, man. You guys are hilarious. Swear to God, man. Social media sucks. Okay? Liv Morgan may win the Raw Women's Championship at day one. Come the Royal Rumble, Liv Morgan will be just another loser. (laughs) Watch WWE do the opposite just to prove me wrong. She ain't walking into WrestleMania as the WWE champion. She's not walking into WrestleMania as the WWE Raw Women's Champion. Not happening. Not happening. And Becky Lynch, whatever. She said they never wrestled and they never broke down gender barriers and left at the height of their career and came back better than ever. She said, you have to evolve or get left behind and you let your fans down. She showed an image of the girl last week who looked very angry. There was was apparently a girl in the front row or somewhere in in attendance. I don't know if it was the front row or not, but she was clearly on camera. Kevin Dunn picked her up out of everybody in the fucking audience last week with his his production skills, right? Probably a fucking plant just to sell this storyline. And I'll get to that in a second. They showed this image, which makes me think it was all a ploy, all a setup, of this girl 
looking angry last week after Liv Morgan's loss. Liv interrupted and came out on the stage and said that people are tired of her sounding like a broken record. She walked towards the ring and she said, almost, she almost lost last week and had to cheat to win because she doubted her abilities. So this is what she's saying to Becky Lynch. She showed the image of Becky holding the bottom rope during her three count win last week. She said, the only thing Becky is the best at is cheating to win. A little girl was yelling right behind Liv in view of the camera. She yelled, Becky rules. So clearly people want to cheer Becky Lynch and are not really feeling Liv Morgan, which I will get to in just a second. Liv stood there very straight-edged and very straight-faced in what she had to do and what she wanted to say. Liv says she knows she can beat her. If anything, you reminded me of why our story isn't over, even though I wish it was. She said she won't ever give up until she can make that title mean something again to fans like that little girl. She said if she really is big-time Bex, she will accept her challenge for a rematch at day one. Becky smiled and said she didn't do that because she had to. She did it because it was easy. She said she shouldn't blame her for grabbing the ropes. She should blame her for not doing it first. She said if she was ready, she would have known she was going to do that and stopped her. She said she did the same thing she always does. Absolutely nothing. Lived charge to the ring, attacked Becky with a whole bunch of swinging strikes, followed by a huge yell sounding like Xena Warrior Princess. Becky rolled to ringside. Then shoved Liv into the ringside step. She went after her arm against the steps. Then she said, if Liv can wrestle, she can have the title match. She said, since no one uh, left is able-bodied, she's going home to her hot husband and baby. She, she then told Liv to ice her arm. And that was the end of the segment. WWE had Liv Morgan go out there and say she won't ever give up until she can take that title and make that title mean something again to fans like that little girl. So she's doing it for the little girls and the little girl in her that has dreamed of this moment. And then WWE and Vince and Bruce and Johnny Laurinaitis, they all want to know why Liv Morgan is not over the way that she should be over because of fucking hideous garbage that is written like this. To have her go out there and recite this shit. How many times have we seen somebody like Liv Morgan claim that they want to do it for the little girls and for the little girl in her that she dreamed of this moment all of her life? Nobody gives a shit about any of that. You should really be doing the reality of the situation. Liv Morgan should make this all about herself and the fact that she's worked her fucking ass off to get to where she wants to be in the WWE. It's okay to say this has been a lifelong dream, but I've gotten here and I've been held down by fucking management because I don't look a certain way, I don't act a certain way, and I don't kiss management's ass. Meanwhile, the same fucking people every fucking week are on TV getting opportunities, and I'm working my ass off. I'm in the performance center busting my ass, and I haven't gotten my fucking shot yet. Where's that, Liv Morgan? Why do we have to fucking parade around Liv Morgan? Oh, I'm going to do it for the little girl and the fans that was unhappy with me losing. 
Nobody gives a shit. Now you want to know why she got a lukewarm reaction? There you go. You don't have to look too hard. Absolutely ridiculous. Becky Lynch is trash. Her reign sucks. Nobody's looked good with her as champion. Liv Morgan will not look good. Bianca hasn't looked good. Doe Drop is a fucking waste of roster space. The whole women's division on Monday Night Raw is in fucking shambles. God, I can't wait for Bailey to come back. She's not going to do anything much differently. But my goodness, man, we need some fucking role models on this show. Becky Lynch is not it. She's not it. I don't know how you can have Becky Lynch as the top woman in this promotion and she's no better than what Charlotte Flair has done. Sad scenes. Sad scenes. The women's division in WWE on both Raw and SmackDown are equally as fucking horrendous. Merge the divisions. We only need one women's champion, not two. Neither one of these two are doing shit with the title. Nobody's better off for it. Both both divisions are worse because of Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And it all starts with the writing. All starts with the writing. WWE doesn't give a shit about women's wrestling. It comes off in their writing, and I don't give a shit about what they present on TV. Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm and their women's championship feud is over fucking pie face. Who's going to look like a hideous porn Pornhub thumbnail next week? Find out next, says Bruce Pritchard. I wonder what he was watching this past weekend. Sarah Schreiber was with AJ Styles. Talked about his situation with the... Omos. Styles says they had their issues last week, but... Omos was disrespectful. He said it was just growing pains, but you don't just give up on a team as special as them. Uh, listen, uh, AJ, bro, listen. You may have the most magnificent hair in all of the land, but uh, I, I, I think a lot of people have given up on Omas. I think a lot of people have given up on this team. I think a lot of people are giving up on WWE. And you are a prime reason why people are walking away from this show. They want to see you in a better position. Everybody complaining that AJ Styles needs more to do, better to do. Everybody's giving up, bro. Move on. Move on. You're hanging on to fucking hope, and it's not there, bro. Move on. He said as soon as he saw Omas, he saw it as an investment. But now he realizes he's a good kid whom he wants to see succeed. Omos walked up behind Styles, put his arm around Styles. Omos says, uh, "Are we good?" Styles says, "We're golden. I'm not giving up on this team." And Omos says, oh, "I'm not either." Great. More Omos and AJ Styles. Dana Brooke, Reggie, twenty four seven garbage. They were walking in Rice Park in St. Paul, Minneapolis, just a couple of blocks from the Excel Energy Center. Reggie offered to give Dana Brooke some tips on catering. 
But Dana Brooke doesn't need tips on catering. I mean, she's there every fucking week, man. She knows the ins and outs of catering. She knows what to do, where the forks go, where the knives go, what the salad fork is, what the dinner fork is. She gives the proper knives during dinner to cut the steak. She's got the fruit salad out for dessert all the time because Chad Gable loves his fruit salad. Right? Mashed potatoes, baked potatoes, sweet potatoes, French fries, steak fries, waffle fries, curly fries. They're all there, man, lined up. Who do you think gets this all done? Dana Brooke, right? And we don't got those Dixie plates, man, the flimsy ones that fucking, you you can't put too much food on it, otherwise it sags and it fucking seeps through the dish. You got to use like three dishes so that the fucking juices... And all the food doesn't seep through the, 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 the dish. She's got those industrial-sized fucking dishes, man. Really powerful fucking dishes. She knows how to fold the napkins correctly, right? Then she cleans up like a fucking magician. This woman's a wonder, man. Titus, I don't know what he would, I don't know what he would do without her. I really don't. So they were walking. Reggie offered to give Dana Brooke some tips on being a champion. <laughs> Dana Brooke a champion. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I'm watching a fucking comedy show, man. It's unbelievable. Um, our truth was there. He was dressed as a tree. Tozawa was dressed as a snowman. Tamina then walks over and attacks Dana Brooke. Dana fought back and then Dana fled. She then jumped over a huge pile of snow and Reggie did his acrobatics over said snow as well. And Tamina told Truth and Tozawa to mind their own business. You ruined me. You know, didn't Tamina Snuka win the women's tag team titles with Natalia at WrestleMania? Well, when did that happen? Not at WrestleMania. What had happened? On SmackDown? Like a month after WrestleMania? Two months after WrestleMania? Didn't they make a big deal about this woman winning the women's tag team titles? With Natalia? Now she's chasing the 24-7 title? Why is she still employed? That's what I want to know. No, but WWE opted to get rid of Taya Valkyrie and Tegan Knox, Amber Moon, right? But Tamina Snooker still has a fucking job in this company. It's unbelievable to me. Who wants to see this on television? Seriously. Just just get rid of her. Next one to go with Shotzi. Next one to go with Shotzi. Guarantee you she's fired. Guarantee you she'll be cut by Nick Conman. It's unbelievable. Damian Priest and Finn Balor. There's Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. More champions losing on Monday Night Raw. What else is new? Ziggler and Roode win in eight minutes. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler beat Finn Balor and Damian Priest. No, I'm not not misreading my notes here. Finn Balor and Damian Priest are losing. On Raw to Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. It's great. Balor had control of Ziggler when Austin Theory showed up. Stood on the ring apron to take his selfie. Balor stopped his coup de gras attempt. Or coup de gras attempt. 
Ziggler then caught a distracted Balor with a zigzag. Theory then took a selfie of himself with Balor laying on his back as Dolph Ziggler pinned Finn Balor. You know, by teaming Damian Priest with Finn Balor, who lost this match, that means the United States champion lost his match as well. Damian Priest looked like a loser tonight. It's great. It's awesome job there, bro. Awesome job there, Bruce. Because Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode really needed this big win over Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Great job. Nikki Ash. She walked up to Rhea Ripley backstage and told Ripley to do what she can to win. Ripley wasn't having her pity party. She told Nikki to snap out of it. Ripley said she wanted to team with her because of the fire inside of her and that she never gives up. Nikki looked rejuvenated and Ripley said she's happy about that. Nikki said before they know it, they'll have the Raw Tag Team titles again. I'm over this team and I'm sure you guys are as well. I can't stand this team. Ripley made her entrance to the ring with Nikki Trash by her ring by her uh, by her side at ringside. Zelina made her entrance with Carmella with this horrific accent of hers, which is completely awful. Just get rid of it. It is so fucking lame. Then there was a glimmer of fucking greatness in there. She went in and out of the accent. She came out with the accent. And then she got all fucking New York bitch on Minneapolis. I'm like, whoa, that's the Zelina Vega I want to see. Where's that Zelina? I wouldn't be as hard on the fucking gimmick if she did that. That's the Queen Zelina I want. Why do we have to play up royalty? The accent is not working. It's actually very cringe. The Zelina Vega I want to see is the, is, the, is the Zelina Vega that broke into the New York fucking shtick that she did tonight. That's the Zelina Vega I want to see. More of that, please. That's the type of queen I want. So she did her stick and Rhea Ripley versus Queen Zelina. This went 48 seconds. 48 seconds. Carmella stood on the ring apron to yell at Rhea Ripley in the opening of the match. But uh, Nikki yanked her down off the apron. Carmella ran into the ring. Nikki hit her. Ripley checked on Nikki. And then Zelina kicked her from behind and rolled her up with a schoolboy roll-up. Leverage, one, two, three. And this was Rhea Ripley losing to Zelina Vega in 48 seconds. You know... People tell me that I've been hard on Rhea Ripley. Just give it time. Give it time. Sure. Sure. I'm going to continue being hard on Rhea Ripley. And I know it's not I know it's not Rhea Ripley's fault, but Rhea Ripley looks like a blithering idiot in this segment. I don't know how anybody looks at this and deems this okay. Number one, Rhea Ripley comes out smiling with Nikki Trash, and I'm supposed to cheer Rhea Ripley and be all over Rhea Ripley because she's the babyface here teaming with the you know, superhero Nikki Ash. She doesn't belong with somebody like, like Nikki Ash. They are polar opposites. It doesn't go well. It's actually harmed Rhea Ripley to no end. She's not going to recover from this. It's going to take her a very, very long time to recover from this. 
and then she gets rolled up by Zelina Vet. You do realize that Rhea Ripley is a fucking beast. And she was rolled up by Zelina Vega, who is five foot, 105 pounds. And Rhea Ripley just lay there and ate a pin with no effort to kick out. Does nobody find this to be ridiculous? This woman is as dead as dead could be on the Raw women's roster. And no turn or no breakup of the tag team is going to aid her in getting back to where she was. The damage has been done. She looked miserable in the Charlotte feud, and this is the beginning of the end. It's over. Everything Triple H did with Rhea Ripley was the way Rhea Ripley should have been booked. Soon as she got to the main roster, soon as everybody claimed that it only made sense for her to challenge Oscar at WrestleMania, and I called it out because I knew exactly where it was going to go, this is where I knew it was going to go. Rhea Ripley is fucking dead. And the, there's no there's no coming back from this. It's over. It's all over. One minute. Zelina beats her in one fucking minute. Check the chat. See what's going on here. Got 2,600 in the venue. I appreciate you guys for hanging out, man. We're going to run through the uh, last hour of the show here. We got Miss TV coming up. We got Big E and Lashley. And we got Seth Rollins and Lashley. We'll go over the remaining uh, last hour of the show. Let's check the chat, man. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 887 likes on the live stream. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for at least minimum 1,000. But there should be more than 1,000 if there's 2,500, 2,600 of you in the venue. So go check that out and uh, hit that thumbs up, man. Make sure you guys continue to get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with some cold beverages, and we are going to read through all of your super chats. Let me know what you guys think of all the top stories coming out of Monday Night Raw and all that happened on tonight's show. You have the forum and the super chats. Sound off and let me know what you guys think of tonight's show. Continue to hit that join button as well. Become an OTS VIP. Make sure you guys hit that join button. You guys get access to those emotes exclusively on this channel. And those badges next to your name to show up your VIP status. Tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout. For your free sample, man. Ho, 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 and jingle balls. All the way, man. I want you guys to give the best possible gift of all this holiday season, and you cannot achieve that without Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you a long way. It also helps you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes into play. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead, be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is very simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. 
No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at pharmacies. Bluetooth tablets are also shipped and made in the USA direct to your door in a very discreet package. It's time to get off the couch, guys, this holiday season. Get back to work. Your tool needs an upgrade. Head over to BlueChew.com. Use that code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, and I want to thank them once again for always being a great sponsor of the Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off The Script. Backstage, we got Seth Rollins. He was wound up backstage. Kevin Owens told him to lower his blood pressure and offered to join him at ringside. Seth says he doesn't want him anywhere near him since he just gave up. KO says there's no getting out of a hurt lock, so why let him lock it in just weeks before his title match? He said that was smart and thus he should follow his advice. Seth said his ideas don't work out well for him, so he implored him to stay backstage. KO told him it was a mistake, and then he walked away. So we got Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins. This match went three minutes. Seth made his entrance a few minutes in. Seth was at ringside, writhing in pain because of Bobby Lashley and his offense. KO ran out. All of a sudden, he punches Seth in the face. The ref called for a DQ giving Seth the DQ win. MVP then, obviously yelling and ranting at ringside, protesting that this decision was unfair. Seth stood and celebrated in the aisleway. DeVille and Pierce walked out. They said it was clever, and he actually did win the match, but it won't go that way in St. Paul tonight. Pierce said he's restarting the match, and it'll be a no-DQ match, as will any other matches Lashley has tonight. So at least they covered their tracks there, right? I guess so. The bell rang. Lashley caught an unsuspected Seth Rollins with a spear. And that was it for the win. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley beats the true number one contender. Seth Rollins loses. No matter how you look at it, Seth Rollins is a loser. A loser. Backstage, Vince McMahon was with Apollo Crews. What he was talking to Apollo Crews about, I don't know. Better be careful about chatting it up with Vince McMahon. You may not have a job tomorrow morning. Theory ran into the office excited about what he did earlier with Balor taking a picture. McMahon asked if he wants a pat on the back or a trophy or maybe his autograph. Theory said, okay. He said he'd rather have a match where he could really show him what he's capable of McMahon said he barged into his office while he was talking to someone important and he's acting like they're friends. I didn't realize Apollo Crews was important, to be honest with you. I didn't really understand. Apollo Crews is important. I don't understand that. Anyway, McMahon was sitting there and he says... He wants to feel that way. Theory began talking, but McMahon snapped and said, shut up. McMahon says, you're not my friend because I don't have any friends. I don't want any friends. He says he hasn't impressed him. He told him he's going to use one of the most deadliest weapons in the world. And he opened his drawer and pulled out a pencil. Theory was petrified, as I would be. His pencil's probably written on many a pink slip. 
for these WWE releases over the last two years. He says he didn't understand. McMahon showed him the eraser side. Theory said, okay. And they cut away before Vince McMahon could explain himself. I don't get where they're going with this. And quite honestly, I, I don't really care. I don't care. Austin Theory's got a lot of potential. Hopefully WWE doesn't squander that. Miss TV. Miss talked about how hot Maurice was. Yes, thank you, Miss. We have eyes. We really appreciate you. He said only someone as hot as her can make a cold Minnesota night feel like paradise. And WWE had Raw take place in St. Paul, Minnesota. I looked up the temperature in St. Paul, Minnesota tonight just out of curiosity, and it was 44 degrees and sunny today in St. Paul, Minneapolis. So it wasn't that cold. It was just as cold here in New York City. So we got this clip of Miz entering the 2022 Hall of Fame class, showed clips of him as a kid and then big moments in his career, The narrator was reading a script that felt like it was written by The Miz. He was putting over The Miz big time. The narrator then talked about Maurice and their baby. So Miz toasted the chance to send Edge back into retirement. He was tearing all up. And Maurice was there crying as well. Edge then interrupted. And Edge entered the ring and said, sometimes the squeaky wheel just squeaks over and over and over and over and over and over. And he just kept saying it over and over and over again until Miz yelled and told him to stop. Edge asked if that was annoying. Miz said yes. Edge says he knows. Now he knows how everyone feels when Miz speaks. Edge told Miz if he just shut up, people would give him the respect he thinks he deserves. Sorry, Adam. Nobody's going to like The Miz in this current iteration of The Miz. Said Miz does all this me first stuff because he's actually insecure and afraid. Miz says he was afraid of Edge years ago, but not this version of Edge. You should be uh, afraid of this version of Edge. This version of Edge has done some of the best work of his career. So you better fucking be scared of this version of Edge. Edge knows, or Edge says he knows Miz is a future Hall of Famer and he will have his hands full at day one. Said he will have to teach Miz a lesson. Plus, he wants to knock that stupid, constipated look off his face. Miz then attacked Edge with a barrage of punches. Edge gave Miz a DDT, then destroyed the Miz TV set. Edge almost ran into Maurice. He wanted to spear Miz, but Miz pulled Maurice in front of him. Edge stopped. Miz then gave a distracted Edge a skull-crushing finale. Maurice looked all shaken up here because she was thrown into the line of fire and she didn't expect Miz to do that. Miz asked what was wrong. Maurice took issue with him using her as a shield. Miz tried to talk his way out of it. Maurice slapped him very hard in the face and then left. Miz then ran after Maurice as they both stormed to the back. I don't know what's going on here with Miz and Maurice. It's probably more interesting than what's going on with fucking Miz and Edge. But it probably is nothing more than a ploy or a setup. And it's eventually going to lead to Beth Phoenix coming into play. Because why would Maurice be upset about that when we've seen the Miz do a lot worse with Maurice in the past? I don't understand why this upset her all of a sudden. 
So I'm going to go out there and say this is a ploy. This is a plan to maybe get Bet Phoenix involved. And whatever the fuck they did tonight, this feud has already died a thousand deaths. From that first feud or that first moment where they copied AEW's homework, this feud has gone downhill. It's gotten worse every single week. That first week, copied AEW. After that, they had nothing else to fucking copy from with AEW, so they had to go into business for themselves, and they fucking failed. I am very disinterested in what The Miz and Edge are selling us right now. Nobody wants to see this match. Nobody. Nobody wants to see Edge and Miz wrestle. And I don't give a shit what happens here or where this feud goes. WWE, for the life of us, please do not drag this till WrestleMania. Do not. End it in Saudi Arabia. Do the mixed tag team match. Do Edge and Beth versus Maurice and Miz in Saudi Arabia in February and move the fuck on and give Edge a true WrestleMania opponent. Miz is not it. Bobby Lashley versus Big E. This was a no DQ match because Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce said so. This went 17 minutes. Big E, right at the top, immediately went for a table. Lashley knocked him down. Big E fought back, hit a Yorinagi before going back under the rig to grab a table. Lashley gave Big E a flatliner. He wedged a steel chair between the turnbuckles. Big E came back with a belly-to-belly suplex. A couple of them, actually, before driving Lashley into the chair. We got a commercial break. Big E had a vertical suplex, which looked nice. He was then forearming Lashley across the chest. He had a big apron splash. Lashley fought back and drove Big E into the post. Lashley set up a table next to the ring. But when Big E tried a spear, Lashley got his knees up and hit a choke slam through the table for a near fall. So we go to a second commercial break because this match needed two commercial breaks. Big E drove Lashley into the steel steps. Big E slammed Lashley onto them as well, and Lashley landed on the edge of the steps, which looked absolutely brutal. Big E blocked a hurt lock. Lashley came right back with a spear. And then Lashley had this match won, but Rollins and Owens ran down to break up the cover of the spear and attack Bobby Lashley. Big E tried fighting them off, but then they overwhelmed him. Lashley went after Rollins as Owens continued to attack Big E. Rollins held Lashley down in front of a uh, in front of everybody with a face lock. Big E put Owens through a table on the outside. Lashley speared Rollins through a table set up in the corner. Big E then went back in the ring. He was ready to finish off Lashley with a big ending. But MVP came into the ring behind him and hit him with his cane. Lashley followed with a spear. Pins the WWE champion. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley is now added to the day one WWE title match. Big E not only was pinned in this match in a non-title match as WWE champion, Big E looked like the dumbest baby face on the entire fucking roster. These guys are coming out there to attack Bobby Lashley in a no DQ match Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are out there helping you 
beat Bobby Lashley, and then you go to attack Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens because you want to beat Bobby Lashley in the right way, fair and square, and do it on your own and take care of him and end it yourself. Meanwhile, all you did was now give yourself even lesser of a chance to retain the WWE title at day one. Now, instead of having a 33.3% chance, now you have a 25% chance of walking out as WWE champion. WWE not only buried their entire Raw main event at day one by making three people look completely fucking inept and making Bobby Lashley look like the strongest motherfucker on the entire roster, but they made their WWE champion look like a blithering fucking idiot. Oh, I'm taking the high road here instead of taking the obvious low road, which is the smart way to go about it. You attacked the people helping you because they realized that with the three of them, it's a better match and gives them each a better opportunity to win the match. Now, but you want Bobby Lashley included in the match. Now you got what you asked for. Day one. Day one, just like WWE's IQ, one. Whoever wrote this shit, whoever wrote this show, completely is a fucking idiot. A complete fucking idiot. How anybody looks at this and thinks this is appropriate writing, logical writing, shit that makes sense. You may be the dumbest fuck on the face of the earth, yet I get called dumb by Baron fucking Corbin, right? Try and explain that one. This show sucks. Everything about this show is fucking horrible. Abysmal. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this Monday Night Raw post show. Hit that thumbs up. 968 likes. We got 2,500 still in the venue, man. We need 1,000. If you guys have not, hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up right now. I can't even begin to tell you how it helps out the podcast and helps out the video, man. Hit that thumbs up if you have not done so. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel. OTS 400. Smackdown. Rampage. Raw. NXT, Dynamite, everything you need. I, I even got an extra about the Jeff Hardy situation. Go and check it out. Everything you need is listed on the homepage. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you guys continue to get those super chats in. We're going to hang out right now at the end of this show. Right now, actually. And go over all of your super chats. Starting. Starting with Michelle Moran, as always. Five dollar super chat says Michelle. Watch the opening segment and switched to Monday Night Football for the rest of the night. That segment was garbage. Please, KO, do not resign with WWE. Michelle, good on you for changing the channel, and uh, Kevin Owens is not coming back. I feel it. I think Kevin Owens is all elite. Vicious Sid Justice with a $5 super chat. 
Hey, JD, another awful raw. Someone put a APB out for Veer and Elias. I'm convinced they got lost on their way to Raw. Ignore the haters. Keep doing you. I appreciate you, Sid Justice. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Elias will be cut. And Veer, I doubt he comes to Monday Night Raw. D. Bastardo. With two Super Chats. A $5 Super Chat and a $2 Super Chat. Thank you, D. Bastardo. I see you got your uh, account working again, bro. Awesome. WWE Geeks, Vince's stupidity and hate for his talent equals the feeding system for AEW. Make them popular, then fire them. Tony Khan thanks you. Hashtag JD the truth. He also says inside info on Gargano. Email JD much love brother. Um, Bastardo. Emails in my Twitter profile. And I probably know what you're going to send me. Adam Cole, Billy Gunn, Christopher Daniels, and a bunch of other people did a comic book convention meet and greet panel. And somebody mentioned in the crowd, asked about Gargano, and they were all very coy about the answer. Gargano's probably going to end up in AEW. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Okay. What I miss. I legit woke up at 10. Also heard some ass podcasts cutting you down. Not on my watch. Uh, Tony Brown, what podcast was that, bro? What podcast was that, brother? Funny thing is, everybody cut me down. But now on Monday night, after Matt Hardy's House of Hardy Twitch stream... Everybody's thinking the same thing that I originally had brought to the table as far as the discussion for Jeff Hardy goes. So what exactly did they cut me down for? When everybody's now uttering the same fucking thing. Which I never called news or claimed to be news. I'd love for you to fill me in on that, Tony Brown. Titus O'Neil with a 199 Super Chat. I'm here to cook whatever you want. I love the OTS. Titus, don't worry, bro. Listen, I could use some chicken tenders, bro. A nice side of barbecue sauce, man. I know you got the real deal barbecue sauce. Seriously. Some chicken tenders and some homemade steak fries, bro. Send it over. Send it. Jesse ate all the fries, you fucking geek. I thought I told you to do inventory, bro. Are we going to have a fucking venue with no steak fries? Thank you, Titus. Nickname my with a UK 10 in Super Chat. Maybe WWE tried to ruin Jeff's life by instigating this thing. As he said, he can't have any more mistakes. We will wait till Jeff Hardy speaks when he's ready, man. I'm done talking about it. Everybody in the community owes me a fucking apology. JT Golden. 499 Super Chat. Raw was so bad that Sasha Banks is at the Spider-Man No Way Home movie premiere in L.A. right now. I don't blame her. I'd be right there next to her. Amikaze. Vincent Tarantini. Thank you for the two months, bro. Member for two months. VIP for two months. 
JD, you are the man for watching this crap for us. Bring on Wednesday. Hashtag Wyndham is coming. Can you give me a birthday shout out? I am 41 today. Vincent, thank you so much, bro, for the two months. Everybody in the chat, man, give Vincent Tarantini some birthday cake emojis, man. Happy birthday, brother. C. Salisbury with a 999 Super Chat. JD, your streams are more must-see than any WWE products. Thanks for all the hard work and effort you put in for us. Thank you, Salisbury. A lot of people don't know what it takes to put on these shows, man. I'm a one-man show. Running all this shit, making sure everything's right. Everybody thinks it's easy. Come do it yourself, motherfucker. Come do it yourself. Thank you, Salisbury. I appreciate you, bro. Myron Kid with a $5 Super Chat. After seeing pics of a half-filled arena for Raw tonight, the WWE deserves this. This is the worst the product has been since maybe the early 90s. WWE is the worst it's been creatively, I think, ever. This is the worst I've ever seen it creatively. You can defend it to the death. I'll continue cutting it down every single chance I get, man. Every single chance. Brian Jaffe with a $2 super chat. So how long until Veer is future endeavored? I give him till February. Cam G with a $5 super chat. I don't even watch WWE. I just like watching you rip the show to shreds. Keep killing a JD. OTS for life. Thank you, Cam G. Nobody likes watching WWE, clearly. Just look at the fucking half-empty arena in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Super cool with the $2 Super Chat. This show is worse than Herb Abrams, UF, UWF shows. I don't know how bad those were, man, but uh, Monday Night Raw is absolutely, without question, the worst wrestling program in the industry. SmackDown may be number two. NXT is their best show, and NXT is fucking horrendous. Riley Johnson with a 499 Super Chat. I feel like out of all four horsewomen, Sasha Banks stands out the most. I feel like she could leave like The Rock did and be a big movie star. She will. Mercedes is going to go on to do whatever the fuck she wants, man. She is an absolutely beautiful woman. And she's going to do whatever the fuck she wants, man. She's made for movies. She doesn't need WWE anymore. Marco Matticoli with a 1999 Super Chat. WWE needs a wake-up call by losing their Fox or USA Network deal. Will never happen, but Jesus Christ, this show is unacceptable. Yeah, Marco, you're right, bro. We got to hit him where it hurts, man. We got to hit it in the wallet. Stop going to the show. Stop burning merch. Stop watching the shit. Thank you for $20, brother. Arius with a 199 Super Chat. Veer is undefeated. Longer than Bearcat Lee. 
Bro, come WrestleMania weekend, if Keith Lee doesn't end up in AEW, Keith Lee's going to be in House of Glory. Calling it right now. If Keith Lee is not inside a House of Glory ring, man, something is not right. Omega Kong with a $10 super chat. Haven't watched WWE in months. Not even YouTube. Waste of a product. WWE bozos are sounding like cowboy fans raving about their heyday. Let them rave about their heyday. Their current day is fucking a dumpster fire. And it will continue to be so until Vince and Bruce are fucking eliminated. Gone. One way or another. Riddick with a $5 super chat. Veer is a former pirate. I live in Pittsburgh, so I checked PNC to see if he had a memory lapse. He's not there, so he must be trying to find Raw. Being that the Pirates haven't done jack shit, I'm so I'm sure he didn't help the, the Pittsburgh Pirates do anything of note. Wasn't he a pitcher? El Presidor's tribute with a $5 super chat. They should just give Roman the WWE title at this point, make him a double champion, and have him show up on both shows. He's the only one worthy. You know, bro, I actually pitched that a while back. I did. I do it. VC Stallion with a 499 super chat. I want Bobby to win at day one and Brock to win the Rumble to set up Brock and Lashley for Mania. I would also like Styles and Edge to wrestle each other. Hey, we may get that. WWE could certainly do that if they wanted. WWE could have Brock and Lashley at Mania. WWE could do Roman and McIntyre at Mania. WWE could do Styles and Edge at Mania. That's a good, that's a good, solid three matches right there, man. Sasha versus Charlotte. Don't really care for it. Don't really care for it. Bailey wins the women's rumble. She wrestles uh Becky. Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton. Sounds good to me. Brian Jaffe with a $5 super chat. Worst heel turn I can remember was Sting in 1999. No one bought it or booed him. Becky's heel turn feels like it's right on the heels of that one. I can see it. I can absolutely see it, man. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Nothing changes in WWE. Creative is the drizzling shits every week. Thanks for watching these shows so I don't have to. You are the IWC Tribal Chief. Thank you, Captain Solo. Always kind you are. Danny Leonard becomes a new member in the venue for the first time. Brother, what are you drinking in that VIP section? Because the round is on me. Michael Gabriel with the 499 Super Chat. No message. Don't be shy in the venue, bro. We may have to dump you. Don't be shy around here. Riley Johnson with a 499 Super Chat. Are you going to watch the new Spider-Man movie? Yeah, when it comes to Netflix. I don't go to movies at the theater. Especially on opening night. 
The last time I did that was uh, The Dark Knight. It was a fucking disaster. Never again. Or when it comes to HBO Max, whatever. Paramount. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. Rhea Ripley needs to turn heel ASAP. Rhea Ripley needs to get the fuck out of WWE ASAP. Willie Martin with a six-month membership, brother. Thank you so much. WWE could have had Lashley drag out of Pierce to the ring and put him in the hurt lock and force DeVille to put him in the match instead of the BS that they did. Yeah. I mean, Brock Lesnar got away with it, right? He's got a championship match. Somebody reinstated him. Why can't the same be done for Bobby Lashley? Jericho 8131 with a $20 super chat. Zelina has pinned Tony Storm, Doe Drop, the Super Zero, Nikki Ash, and now Rhea, a former NXT Women's Champion. You'd never see Penelope Ford beating Thunder Rosa in 30 seconds. The women's division gets more laughable each week. Jericho, comment of the night, brother. Cheers to you, man. It's out of my head. But I'm still in control. It's out of my hands. You could never take away the power of my... I'm not hitting that note. I can't hit that dark note, bro. Stunner Kingdom with an Australia mate. $5 Super Chat. JD, thank you for inspiring me to start my own wrestling channel. You were at the tippity top of the IWC and you're only halfway off. Keep killing it. Yeah. All right, Jericho and Stunner Kingdom got comments in tonight, brother. Thank you guys so much, man. Tony Laurinaitis. Stop lying. Raw today was better than AEW full gear. Tony Laurinaitis, you need... uh... You need some mental fucking help, Johnny Laurinaitis. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. Vince's pencil of doom is the same pencil that was used to sign release contracts. I bet on it. That's why he pulled it out. That's why he pulled it out, bro. Hollywood guy. Thank you, man. VC Stallion, 499 super chat. Went to AEW last week. Nice to see a good show and an almost full arena. Wish AEW would move to Mondays so Raw would have to pretend to care. I don't want AEWs to move to uh, Monday night, man. I want AEW on their own night. I don't want wrestling on Monday with two shows. 
Aaron King with a $4 Super Jack. Cover the 24-7 title in uh, Chum and Feed. It to the Sharks. Oh, cover the 24-7 title in Chum and Feed. Yes, I would absolutely be. uh, I would love that. I would love to do that. I'd film it too and it, it would go fucking viral. Captain Solo with another $5 Super Jack. If Vince lives to be 100, we're all in serious trouble in WWE shows. That will only get worse with his mental decline. Keep up the great work, J.D. Thank you, Captain Solo. Loch Ness, 22. With a $5 Super Chat. Watch the Hog Pay-Per-View. Great job on commentating. Can definitely hear Moro in your work. Proud of you, brother. Keep it up. God bless you as always. Thank you, Loch Ness. I appreciate you very much, brother. Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. Johnny Gargano has some awesome t-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. I bought a few. Guess he's as good as gone now from the E. He'll be a beast in AEW. He will. Johnny Gargano will be fucking incredible in AEW, man. The dream matches that await him are unbelievable. And we got a... Seven ninety nine super chat by Liam. Keep up the amazing work, JD. You're a fan from Saudi Arabia. We got people from fucking Saudi Arabia. We got people from South Africa. We got people in the United Kingdom. Off the script is global, bro. What we got here is a global takeover. It's more takeover than Paul Levesque right now. Absolutely. That is all I got, guys. That is all I got. I think we burned this show down to the ground today like expected. I think I gave you exactly what you needed. I think I gave you exactly what you watched tonight. Nobody's going to call it like I see it because everybody's afraid to say exactly what I'm thinking. Shit. Raw is shit. I can't stand it. I'll tell you what, man. I'll be back live tomorrow night, Tuesday. We're going to cover NXT. Harland. Harland is making his debut on the show. And Harland is wrestling tomorrow night. And we're going to be there to cover it because I'm interested in catching Harland on Tuesday night. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Thank you for all the love tonight. Thank you for all the support on the Jeff Hardy stuff. Thank you for showing up tonight big in the venue, man. Almost 2,700 live tonight. On Off The Script. I'll be back tomorrow, man, live with NXT in the venue. Wednesday is a big night. Jesse and I are very excited to bring you guys the podcast on Wednesday night. (laughs) Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Happy birthday shout out to my boy Lee Johnson of the Nightmare Family. Tweeted him earlier today. Happy birthday to Lee Johnson. Hopefully he celebrates and has a good birthday. 
Julia Hart takes care of him, takes him out to a nice dinner. Maybe a back rub. Happy birthday to my boy Lee Johnson. Always, always a VIP here in the venue. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, man. At JD for, uh, hey, actually, for, at JD from New York. JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up before you head the hell out of here, man, hit that thumbs up. And go get your t-shirts, bonfire.com. Get your new OTS merch before the holidays and go out and support Blue Chew, man. Bluechew.com. Code JD at checkout. Guys, I'm about to hit the road. I need two things from you. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Okay? I also need, for my VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And number two, when that music comes on, that guitar solo from Pilot kicks in, I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow for NXT. Big week coming. Tuesday, NXT. Wednesday, AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. Have a good night, guys. And I'll see you tomorrow for NXT.